A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode, and we'll look back at Joss Whedon's iconic shows. I'm MC, and I'm here with... Hey, it's Andy. This is David. Hi, this is Jan. And I'm Logan. Uh, This week we are talking about Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, which is episode 16 of season 2. It was written by Marty Noxon and directed by James A. Contner. Oh, Marty, Marty, Marty. Yeah, Marty. Okay, so I oddly like this episode, the back half of this episode, even though it's super problematic. There's some fun stuff in it. It's so problematic, but there, once it hits the all the girls going after Xander, even though it's amazingly problematic. There's some fun acting things in this that's always made me kind of like... I was going to say, there's some really good performances from performances people Performances and, you know... Yeah, and a couple of, like, little cute shticks, but... Uh... But otherwise, yeah, I'm... Hot mess. I think this is one of the worst episodes to do for this kind of show, because it's an okay episode to just watch but it stands up to absolutely no scrutiny yeah i have very few notes um about it logan is making a face oh um i'm not a big fan of xander's magic roofie yeah yeah no we will get into this uh (laughs) i think one of the most important things to mention about this episode which kind of when you hear it you'll go Oh, okay. This episode was written in four days because originally Passion was in this uh, episode slot, Ah. but then Sarah got the opportunity to host Saturday Night Live, so they needed to write her out for half the episode, and so it's like, okay, we've got to come up with an episode in four days in which our title character is not in it for half the episode. Wasn't it basically like we need to find a way to turn Michelle into a rat so we can... I mean, that's like the the, the, the little tentpole of the episode. Because they needed her as a rat so she wasn't in the show. They needed some way to get yeah uh, Buffy out of the episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least the rat thing sets up the fact that Amy can turn people into rats later on when she accidentally turns herself into one. So besides that, you know... Again, this episode is really fun to watch because there's a lot of cool slapstick and... But... Yeah, analyzing it, I'm sort of like, bad Rufie Xander? Well, to start at the very beginning of this episode, we have Buffy and Xander in the graveyard uh, looking over that freaking ugly-ass necklace. I'm sorry, that necklace is really <laughs> ugly. It's tacky as hell, yeah. It's, just a, it's yeah. just a big, giant, chunky heart, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's not like... Yeah, I mean, like, one. that's... It's, it's, it, that's... It, it's exactly what I expect somebody like Xander to pick out for his first girlfriend. It, it's yeah. just like, look at how big this heart is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just the, like, it's 
there's there's no decoration on it. It's just a big ass heart. So yeah, I mean, I guess I don't like it. I guess you could sort of say it's endearing because you know it's like oh look, Xander's trying really hard and he has no taste and he doesn't know what girls like and da, 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 but I don't know. I mean, the props department picked an ugly ass necklace that Xander would you you know would give to her. So I don't, you know what I mean? It is. It's ugly. It's tacky looking. I have some stuff in my old jewelry box that's probably about as ugly and tacky looking from the 90s from boyfriends that gave me shit for Valentine's Day. I feel really bad for Cordelia. Like Cordelia is the person that I have the most sympathy for in this episode. I feel like she's the one who actually goes on the character journey in this episode. Yeah. But I mean, like when you hear Buffy talking about Cordelia at the beginning of this episode, and when you see what happens with the Cordettes later on, I really understand why Cordelia moved to LA and just never contacted anybody ever again. Super duper. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, she goes on a character journey, but at the same time, she's, half sidelined like you see the journey but it's really minimal compared to like xander's bullshit well yeah unfortunately when it comes to buffy this is as much of a cordelia episode as we get except for the invisible girl right because even the wish cordelia dies like super fast in that episode even though she's the one that launches on yonka's you know she's basically in the wish she's basically marion crane so yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, we don't... I, I love Cordy. Y'all know that. So I yeah. always want more Cordy screen time. And, you know, she's become so much more grounded. We'll talk about mm-hmm. it next episode, which she has minimal amount to do, but she's so grounded within it. Except, yeah, anyway. I, wa- I wanted more Cordy in this episode. I wanted this to be slightly more Cordy's story than Sanders. But I guess in four days, what are you going to do? I also want to know why the Scoobs don't make a deal with the gravediggers in Sunnydale to, like, right before they bury these corpses, why don't they pre-stab them? It would save everybody <laughs> so much trouble. Like, because it's a mortuary, I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, not only would it save the Scoobies trouble, like, in having to fight these vampires, but the gravediggers are going to have to do all of this maintenance for all of these open fucking graves from people who who rise up so why don't you just like make friendly with them and be like hey can i stab this you know you know, wooden stake into this thing you know no harm no foul because they're going right into the ground nobody's gonna know about it right and you <laughs> yes. know just like grow here have some garlic grow it around all the graves it'll smell a little funky but you know it, it, it'll help you really how much money would you take in order to let a stranger desecrate a body in sunnydale probably not much because even though people turn a blind eye they know something's going on so it could just become mortuary procedure that you stab someone through the heart while you're while you're before the embalming i don't know yeah well i mean obviously the grave diggers have to go back and re-dig the like they they're they've got to be overworked because of all of the uh dead bodies that come Mm. through sunnydale and then you also have the double duty of having to rebury the plots because of all of the vampires that are falling out. Right. Of them. At least Sam and Dean on Supernatural rebury their own shit. They don't just leave shit yeah. open. They're actually very courteous once they dig up a body. They refill the grave. So, you know. Also, I, I mean, there, there isn't like some sacred grave digger's oath, is there? <laughs> I mean, it's like. It's like, yeah, desecrate a body? Sure, whatever. I mean, they're they're basically just laborers. It's yeah. not like it's not like they take some kind of it's like, oh yes, we're really concerned about the sanctity of <laughs> what's going on here. 
listen, when I joined the Gravediggers Labor Union, there was absolutely an oath, and it absolutely precludes uh, letting teenagers stab dead bodies. I don't know. I mean, but you got to figure that if anybody knows that something is up in Sunnydale, <laughs> it's the Gravediggers. Yeah, it's not like you can miss all the mess. We're always really busy, y'all. Is this normal? Well, <laughs> Okay, that's the kind of episode this is. It really is, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. After the credits, we get Buffy with Giles and talking about Angelus on Valentine's Day. Have a sentence, even, is one of my favorite phrases and one I definitely use uh, yeah. when that comes up. And, oh, poor Buffy. Poor Buffy. Poor Jenny. Got a lot of... Got a lot of feelings about the ladies in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Poor every girl who's forced to chase after Xander without their consent. <sighs> Basically, you feel sorry for everybody except Drusilla. Well, yeah, because Drew's like, like, like oh, no. I would chase Xander with a Well, no, I'm talking about in terms of the, the ladies. Oh, oh, the women. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just sitting here imagining chasing Xander with an ex. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I'm imagining that now too, and it's it's delighting me a little bit with this image of Logan just with an axe. Drew's got her shit unlocked. She's not here to fuck around. If anyone wants to draw fan art of Logan chasing Xander with an axe, we'd be very happy to have you do that. Yes, please. Yes, please go for it, fans. <laughs> please draw Logan chasing after Xander with an axe. We want to see that. Uh, but yes, we find out that Angelus. Uh, does horrible things to show his affection on Valentine's Day. And I'm like, because it's a day that ends in Y. <laughs> One thing that w- can be said about Angelus is he's a much better dresser than Angel. He's wearing like this very nice kind of textured shirt. I mean, it's not much different than what Angel usually wears, but it's enough that it's like, oh, you made an effort. And this is the first time you get guy liner. Well, we got guy liner in the last episode, but this is like the full on guy liner. This is like so. pronounced yeah. guy liner. Yeah, I, I I really enjoy a good <clears throat> guy liner. So, you know, I here's here's the thing. I've never, ever noticed that on him. Even now I'm struggling to be like, yeah. And maybe it's just because I always expect hmm. David Boreanaz to be wearing eyeliner. Just as a register, but I literally I can't I can't bring it up in my mind's eye. It's 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 ex extra there. It's 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 definitely there. But yeah. Now yeah, I mean you know. like Angelus definitely has it pretty heavy, and actually Spike I notice has has it more than he did in the past episodes. So I'm thinking that Spike's like oh, Angelus is going to do this. I'm going to do this too. Because clearly, if Drew likes guys with you know with an eyeliner, I've got to do it to impress Drew. I mean, it's just like oh, going up adorable. Drew wow. has good taste. She does have really good taste in, at least looks-wise, in, in men. I'm not going to lie there, yeah. Um, well, and ladies, so, too, because look who she goes after later on. True, true. Yeah. So, Harmony, that's the scene we'll get, we got next, right? Yeah. She's the worst. She really like, is. Like, and at this point, and, 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 you know, our opinions of Harmony are very much colored by what we know is going to come later and Mercedes McNabb being like so funny and, but at this point she's just like the worst instead of the funniest worst. I I think she's the worst all the time. So yeah. Yeah, I do too. But eventually when she becomes a vampire, she becomes like the literal funniest worst, especially when she's over on angel at this point, she's just this prop to make 
Yeah. Or do you feel bad? Yeah. Yeah, she's the proto-mean girl, and it's just like, I want to slap all of them. So but like... she's not even Regina George mean girl. She's right, like exactly. the third mean girl. Which, but then she, yeah. She thinks she can take over the Heathers now that Cordy is dating Xander. She's, uh, what's her face's character in Mean Girls? My father, the inventor of this. Yeah, uh, Gretchen. Yes, Gretchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's Gretchen. Gretchen. Yeah, Gretchen. Yeah, she's like third string yeah. and she wants to be, you know, head bitch in she's charge Shannon, and it's not working. She's Shannon Doherty's character in Heather. She's not. Like, yeah, when, right. when Heather right. one kills herself so she can't take over. Her, yeah. So yeah, basically, sure. uh, Cordelia's Heather one and killing herself is uh, dating Xander. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But is dating Xander worse than death? <laughs> 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 debatable well exactly. considering how many people who date xander end up dead like very soon after it might be the same thing <laughs> it yeah, really so is yeah and yeah. just like you know the the whole click culture makes me my brain hurt anyway but it's just like the worst to me i uh, think the best <clears throat> part is when we've got amy talking to willow it's like are you going to the dance and willow's like my boyfriend's in the band <laughs> yeah actually that's a really sweet scene and i love the fact that buffy's like go on go on you know you want to say it you want to want to say it and willow's trying not to like gush over her you know newfound happiness but buffy is being supporto buffy and being yeah. like you know be happy it's okay it's yeah, okay gush um, over oz because it's oz so right even buffy in the graveyard scene <clears throat> with xander she doesn't quite understand why xander's dating cordy but she's not making a big deal about, like, don't talk about your dating life because yeah. I'm miserable. She's being, you know, she's being Buffy. Yeah. She's being a friend. Yeah. And Amy so. does pick up on why Buffy doesn't want to celebrate Valentine's Day because it's super yeah. obvious. Yeah. Uh, and we do see uh, Buffy enjoys Home Alone with all of this food, which, you know... You know they didn't eat because Buffy has gotten into her twig phase. She's starting to, yeah. 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 It gets worse, but yeah, this is... I mean, you can justify that, like, mystically justify that by Buffy can eat whatever she wants and her body burns more calories. Burns more calories, yeah. I've done that in some stories before. I had... Yeah, yeah. Um, Joyce, you're the fucking worst. Uh, because you have no reaction to your daughter getting this creepy ass box full of roses with a creepy note that says soon like I don't know. like not any comment like even if it's not worry being like hey why'd you get a dozen why'd you roses get flowers? yeah right who are those from right oh from willow yeah, I mean, it, it's considering, you know, what goes on in the next episode, you'd think there might be some correlation between boxes of roses and I'm dating a boy, but apparently Joyce is living completely in her own head. No. Also, it's super creepy. Like, this big-ass Majorly black box. creepy. Yeah. I, I, like, I, every time I watch this episode, I forget that the roses aren't dead because just looking at that box, it looks like the roses should be dead. Every time I expect them to be dead. Every time yeah, I expect them no, to be me too. Meat inside something. I expected them to be black. But no, they're just, and I think that's what makes it creepier because it defies expectations, which I think was really well done. Yeah. But still. Yeah, Angel's creepy bullshit is is really effective in this set of episodes. I mean, yeah, I get the willies with things like that. And it's, it's, that is the effective, it's small part, but it's a pretty effective part of that Mm -hmm. is just the creepiness. 
Yeah, this episode is no. just a like how-to guide dysfunctional relationship edition. Yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Angel is soulless vampire at this point, so there's definitely no function in any relationship, but yeah. No. But even before, he could just hang outside her window. Truth. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, I mean, you know, because you got Xander and Cordy and, 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 and Jenny and Giles are on the rocks and they won't talk to each other like adults. And you know what? Willow and Oz are doing fine. <laughs> yes, we do have the wonderful scene in the bronze where Willow uh, is watching uh, Oz play and is just riveted. Devin's lip sync is not good. It is not good. No, it is not. Devin's lip sync is not good. I will I will give them points. I think Seth's guitar miming has gotten slightly better, yeah. and they've done a much better job of not letting us watch him play guitar. Yeah. <laughs> if you Absolutely. watch that scene, it's just like, let's shoot this so there are people in front of his guitar at all times. <laughs> no, that's smart. I mean, and that's, you know, different directors, whatever. Also... That song, Pain by Four Star Mary, is so typical of that period's boy, whiny, rock kind of, but not the good stuff. This is not the like high level, I good, like whiny Nirvana angst. I like it too, but it's it's very typical of that style of genre of music in the 90s. It's like, I could point to that and say that is 90s. Um, so... But yes, Willow is adorable. <laughs> I was just going to complain about they how they often have Oz, um, well, Seth, rather, hold a guitar like he's playing a bass. Yeah. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> which is just so nitpicky. Yeah. Because Sorry. we could, I feel like this episode is either a feast or famine of us, like, going deep into, like, feminist theory, or just shitting all over it. <laughs> I just, I think I've settled on the latter, so... <laughs> I, I, I think we have to take what good parts that we can. And one of them is, I think I'm a groupie, which, guess what, was the name of a Oz and Willow website back oh, in the yeah. day. <laughs> yep, that is definitely, yes, I remember that one. So Xander and Cordelia break up, like, two seconds after he gives her this really nice necklace, which I have to, <laughs> I have to say, like... In Xander's defense, is a really shitty thing for Cordy to do. Yes. Yeah, the actual breakup right there. Right there in the moment, he's he's mad. He lashes out a little bit, but he's not horrible. You know, I think he's a pretty natural, especially teenage boy reaction to like, <clears throat> could you do this any other day but Valentine's Day in public? Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. pretty shitty to him. And, and as much as Xander makes me crazy at times, even Xander does not deserve this at this time. He was actually attempting to be a good boyfriend and to do the right things. And she just, like, yeah, completely, I mean, like, wrecking balls him, so. Yeah. Right, but at the same time, you never know any... Uh, people wanting to explain and have someone justify <clears throat> a breakup is, no, no, like, a yeah. huge problem. But in this, in this scene, Xander gets horrible later, and I have all these notes about toxic <clears throat> masculinity... But, you know, he lashes out, he says a couple things, then he leaves. So it's not, you know, I'll give Xander credit right there. That one tiny yeah. little ounce of credit. They really try to make you feel sympathy for Xander in the most awkward way possible by having him walk down the hall and somebody just walk by and going, way to get dumped. <laughs> <laughs> 
thank you, random extra, for that, you know, scintillating <laughs> right, conversation. Yeah, it's like not. Yeah. Have to get a sad yeah. card after that line? Fuck. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Dumped. It's, here's the thing. The thing that bothered me about that is their relationship was secret for so long. I find it. I mean, is it Buffy's existence that elevates people's knowledge of Xander? I mean, it always seemed like they tried to play it to where Xander wasn't the kind of person to where anybody would pay attention to whether or not he got dumped. And it was so brief that his and Cordy's relationship was public that it yeah. kind of always read kind of awkward that everybody in this school is like... It's also kind of sudden that their relationship is public. I mean, do, is there any point where we actually find out how it becomes public? Did I... Am I forgetting something? No, it just, it it sort of happens. I mean, the Scoobs all find out, or at least Willow finds out. Like, we never know when Buffy finds out. But Willow finds out in Innocence. And then Mm -hmm. in the next episode, Phases, Xander and Cordelia are getting all snuggly while, you know, comforting Cordy over her broken-ass car. So presumably Mm -hmm. the relationship is public by then. Because they're doing that in the school parking lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it is it is Cordelia, so a spotlight is going to be shown on Xander, even if it's just brief, even yeah. if they're only publicly dating for like two weeks, because we don't know how long it's been since phases, do we? I presume it's been like a couple of weeks or so. A couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and so like it is, it's Cordy. Yeah. And Cordy, it stands out. So I, you know, the spotlight then automatically gets shown on Xander. So, I mean, I, I guess I can just sort of see it that way. No, I just suppose I was just confused about the timeline as to how long they were, you know, heavy air quotes here, out as a couple. I mean, it must um, be super recent because Harmony starts acting shitty and Cordelia's surprised. So presumably yeah. Harmony's only found out. Yeah, that's my reasoning as to why everybody else gives a shit. Uh, just as far as how they try to play Xander's character, he's not, but maybe he is. I have no idea. It's it's so up in the air with with how they want him to be, whether they want him to be this nobody or somebody everybody knows. Or you know, I think whatever. that it's because it is Cordelia who's like Little Miss, you know, school whatever. So even <laughs> even with being with nobody, I mean, the fact that she's with a nobody as compared to you know the captain of the football team or some. Uh, college sophomore or something I think that would make it even more obvious in terms of Cordelia oh my god look who she's dating who is this guy also I I kind of think that like Xander has been sort of an object of ridicule most of his life and it's just I, I I think it's just that I think everyone in school is happy to have something new to torture Xander about. <laughs> Probably. As opposed to, you're just a loser. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, like, Xander's a nobody the way, like, Jonathan is a nobody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, they, they know who he is. Everybody, True. like, has disdain for Xander, but he's kind of like the school whatever, you know, and I, I can totally, you know, understand what that's like, so, yeah. And I think his relationship with, not relationship, but, like, his relationship with Buffy, yeah. I mean, I know people don't like her and think things are weird but at the same time he's hanging out with you know shallowness you know teenage shallowness he's hanging out with a really beautiful you know person and they have a group and they do that you know so yeah i don't know what the end of that thought was but yeah well i mean also like in uh, season three xander will be really surprised that he does not win class clown 
So yeah. He, yeah, he certainly believes that he has an elevated status in the school. At this point, <laughs> he started to hang out with somebody who's in a band. So Yeah, that's true. True, yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely an evolution of Xander being, you know, ridiculed nobody to be, you know, people like him well enough. I mean, somebody. a ridiculed somebody, and you know, so, and yeah. We have to start talking about Xander being the worst uh because we've we've only just scratched the surface on this and yeah this is where it really starts up xander grabbing amy and you know blackmailing her to helping him out and his line the hellmouth is going to work for me i swear to god mm-hmm. like that is like the unseen footage of every single bad guy like the trio and you know um Andrew's brother, all of these people who are just like seriously, like if Xander had not become Buffy's friend, he would have been a member of the fucking trio. Oh, totally. I was about to say the exact same thing, MC. <laughs> the exact same thing. I'm like, absolutely. Uh I don't think he would have just because he has no core competence. <laughs> That's also That's true. true. He doesn't have a skill like the rest of them do. Well, I was about to say army training, but if he hadn't, yeah. well, carpentry, he could have built stuff for them. He um, could have been. He could have been their minion. Yeah, or he could have been their carpenter. He builds stuff, so you know yeah, they need. Okay, but not at that point. He hasn't learned to do any of that. Oh, stuff in this yet. episode, he does board up a door. Yeah, so you can see he's kind of got oh, like well. basic skills already. And you know, think about like Jonathan and Andrew. Do you really think Andrew knows how to use the hammer at all? I mean, it's just. You know, so I think he would have been their handyman. The handyman yeah. from of Doom. <laughs> or he might have learned some of that stuff just by the factor of living in Sunnydale. And I don't know. Yeah, I mean. But he totally would have yeah. been part of that, that crew. Uh, yeah. No questions. Asked. Yeah, seriously, the Hellmouth is going to work for me. Just always sticks out in my head as this is if Xander was not best friends with the protagonist, he would be the fucking villain. This is villain talk. Truth. So it's just like the fact that he's blackmailing ex- slash extorting her when he sees her do something bad. Instead of saying you shouldn't do that or whatever, he immediately jumps on. How can I make this or work telling for me? Giles? Yeah, exactly. And Buffy that she's doing magic. Yeah, you know, and so that can be watched out for. Mm-hmm. No, um, let me just yeah. let me find a way to make it work to my advantage immediately. Not even a, he doesn't even like think about it or like go away and then come back. It's just like it immediately jumps on that. Oh, look what I can get. Yeah. Uh, I also feel like Cordelia is so much of a better person than Xander because Cordelia obviously likes Xander. I'm not, I'm still not sure Xander likes Cordelia. I, I think he does. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of don't want to defend Xander in this episode for anything because he is pretty terrible, but you know, as much as you know, you know the necklace is really crappy and stuff. He's actually trying, and 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 for someone who's never had a girlfriend before, this is like getting her the necklace. I mean, yeah, the, at this at the point we're at in the episode, everything is going off the rails. But mm. but in that instance, it's like that's actually like a big step for for him. Because he's never, I mean, Xander's clearly never had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really understand what he's supposed to be doing. And and just getting her the gift, even though it's a crappy gift, 
that's actually a big step. For him. The crappy gift she fucking loves. So yeah, she loves that the gift. Too. Yeah, I mean she does love the gift because um, you know Chunky's ninety jewelry. It was in style, so she loves the gift. Xander is always he he likes Cordelia in certain ways, but at the beginning of the episode, he's like, "We just sat in silence, man. It was boring." Yeah, I mean, I think he likes Cordelia, but I also think it's a teenage lust like. Yeah. Which is perfectly fine yeah. when you're teenagers yeah. and you're trying to figure out, you're not going to like meet your, I mean, some people do, but in this case, at the maturity level of Xander, <laughs> this is not the person you're going to like talk through. Pro- I mean, they're 16, 17 yeah. years old, so. And, you know. and of course, remember, he is coming out of being the, uh, was it secretary of the I-8 Cordelia Club? <laughs> right. So, yeah. I mean, this is, I mean, given all the facts, I, I, I think he, he honestly does like her. I, I, I don't think he knows how to express that in any serious way, but true. but, but yeah, I think he true. does actually like her. Yeah, but I mean, the fact that his first instinct is, I want to cast a love spell to drive her insane, basically. Oh, so oh yeah, I no, can, at that point, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's complete shit. And, and, that and is the fact of the matter is, I mean, bullshit. you know... I, I kind of feel like the reason they're casting Xander in that light is because without it, there's no episode. Well, well, it, I mean, obviously, you could say that about like everything that these characters do. Well, the- no, of course, of course, but I mean, I think in this case, it was like we need an episode in four days. Let's come up with this really crappy idea, and Xander, as not a real person, kind of just gets caught in the crossfire. You know, I've noticed this watching the last couple episodes. Xander's characterization between writers is super inconsistent. Yes. I don't think there's a clear... Yeah. And we'll talk about this next episode. You know, his... It's not even motivation. It's like his voice, his actual voice. Mm-hmm. And I think the only thing making that characterization consistent is Nikki and Nikki's performance. Yeah. You know, across the board, he's sort of normalizing it, but just looking at dialogue and how his dialogue and how his demeanor changes episode to episode, mm-hmm. it's very inconsistent. Yeah, because he can be, like, incredibly thoughtful, because in the necklace itself and Cordy's reaction shows that he's, they've moved, I mean, they're still sort of antagonistic towards each other, but at some point, he's gotten to know her well enough to know her taste and know things she would like, um, and not just impress her, um, but... At the same time, in the care of certain writers, he can be really, really cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. really mean. Um, yeah. Which is fresh. And they, you know, of course, they settle with his character and he becomes the Xander we sometimes love, but mostly tolerate. So. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I, I think in this episode, it's like he's really horrible, much more horrible than he usually is. And that's a function of we needed an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from, David. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, I want to be clear. I'm not disagreeing that it's horrible because it no, is. No, no, no. So <laughs> you know, we know that you're the secretary of the I hate Xander. Yeah, <laughs> Marty usually writes him better. Mm-hmm. Mm. She and Marty and Jane usually write him better and kinder and softer and more thoughtful. But again, it's just yeah, yeah. Well, I think. One thing that shows that this episode was only written in a couple of days was the 
massive, absolutely massive research failure when it comes oh, to Diana. Yes. yes. Oh yes. I knew that without having to look. Yeah, it up. I know, so right? Like it is. What? It is not hard. Like the goddess of love. I mean, that is like the goddess of love is one of the most fucking like obvious. Like, I mean, basically iconic. Iconic. Yes, that is the word I am looking for. Basically, like the Diana's a virgin goddess. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, she's the goddess of the hunt. She is a perpetual virgin. She kills men or turns them into stags and shit when they go mm-hmm. after her or see her in the bath. How do you not know this? It's not that hard. Yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> I've seen so many people use it as headcanon that Amy, like, made the mistake and that's why the spell, like, goes, like, all messed up, yeah, which does, it does work. Right but the right thing here. is, the writers were not fucking intending that. They were not. They just fucked up. No. No. no, in fact, they, they, they actually give an in-episode reason why the spell went wrong. Is that the, the necklace protected Cordy. Of- that doesn't explain why... Yeah. I don't yeah, know. it doesn't explain why every... Yeah, it, well, it's it's all stupid anyway. But- it, it all is really stupid, but yeah. seriously, I- fucking Diana... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that... Yeah. I know, and it's always bothered me, and again, I don't even have to look that up. It's just something I know off the top of my head because I don't know. We did some mythology stuff in like fifth and sixth grade, so you know. It's just like, one of those. Yeah. Make a counter argument, like, okay, but who is she in Greek mythology? It's like it's Artemis. There's no. Yeah, yeah, it's Artemis. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and, and I mean, it's basically the same. They're the same. She is never going to be a love goddess. Yeah, and so. I mean, when you're talking about goddess of love, it's Venus or Aphrodite, and Venus and Aphrodite are like the most famous goddess, like. In you know Greek and Roman mm. mythology, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not like they they pulled out Hathor or some you know or Astarte or some other pantheon. It's mm-hmm. like it's Greco-Roman. How do you not know Venus? Yeah, and and, and of course later yeah. for for every other spell, could they not find someone other than Hecate to? Right. <laughs> it's like like could you have someone else like? In any spells. I mean, at least Hecate is a magical, like, you know, right. was one of the goddesses of magic and stuff. So at least that's like, I mean, in paganism, which this is not, this is full on witchcraft, mm. magical, shooty out of your eyes witchcraft, <laughs> you know. That's how we're referring to it from now on. <laughs> but <laughs> shooty out of your eyes witchcraft. But at least in pagan culture, a lot of people choose a personal deity. Mm you know, for their worship yeah. and their altars. So I could see Amy repeatedly using Hecate oh, as yeah. her personal right. you know, yeah. uh, deity, but mm-hmm. the Diana thing, fuck you, Marty. I don't even know what yeah, to do no, with you. Yeah, I, I would have known that at the age of seven. And, you know, there was there was an internet at that point. She still, I mean, there, she could have looked it up even then. So it, yeah, it's no. not like it's some obscure thing that would have like, taken more than five yeah. minutes to look up if she didn't know. Yeah, one, I want to note something about Amy. You know, she makes a big deal about how, you know, there can't be any bad intent yes. with the spell. But the fact is, like, Amy's, the, 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 the incident that makes Xander realize that Amy's practicing witchcraft, it's like, she's doing very selfish things. And then when, when she says, like, when she first, like, when Xander, like, takes her aside and tells him what she wants to do, she's like, oh, that's really dangerous. It's like... But within, like, 15, 20 seconds, she's, like, thinking how we can do this. And, like, I think this is the, the, the 
the the first sign of Amy kind of going off the rails that we yeah. will oh, that yeah. we will say. Oh, but yeah. it's like it's like you know she makes this sort of uh you know pro forma comment about how oh this is dangerous or we have to do this this and then she's just like oh okay <laughs> she really wonka his really wonkas him she's like no don't stop <laughs> it's like you say bad intent it's like i'm sorry this is a spell which is making somebody love you without their consent and you know if, if you read anything about witchcraft or you know magic of any sort i mean that's like the biggest no-no that's the first like you know do not do anything to somebody against their consent love spells are bad unless you're like saying i'm throwing myself out into the world and you know let love come to me and whoever it is mm-hmm. you know maybe they'll find me attractive not Focusing in on somebody saying, I will make you love me. That is like the worst. So, Amy, we only, this is her second of, I think, three appearances before she goes off the rails. Because the next time we see her, mm-hmm. she turns herself into a rat. And right. then right. she's a rat for like a bunch of years. And then when she comes back, she's like full on magic junkie. Which we'll get into that, believe me. Yeah, several yeah, years. But yeah, so, so, so don't don't spend years as a rat. It's not good for you. Well, no, I mean, like I'm just saying that at this time, it would not surprise me if Amy wasn't already going to rack. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So Amy hmm. is not obviously the the Madison family is pretty disturbed in terms of magic. Mm-hmm. They just need the addiction to... runs in the family. Yeah. Now. Yes, that's what it is. But yes, we have the the love spell is cast, and Xander goes up to Cordy, and is being really creepy, um, trying to like figure <laughs> out if the spell has worked, and, and she just shuts him down right away. And instead, we find out that the spell has worked on Buffy, and Xander was full on gonna make out like he 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 has. He, you can see him figuring out what's going on, that the love spell has worked on Buffy rather than Cordelia. And he was full on going to make out with Buffy. Yeah, you can see, like, he, he wants it so badly. And I just want to... He genuinely for a second thinks that Buffy wants it. <laughs> I just want to... I mean, I would make out with Buffy, so okay. Not if she were drunk. Not drunk, but at this point when she's being all, I've just been thinking about, you know, he doesn't... No, I, I, I think like, Xander right. has already started, like, the, the wheels are turning in his head, and that he's already figured out that the spell has worked on Buffy rather than Cordelia. <clears throat> so, like, him going yeah. to make out with Buffy is, like, Xander, like, because, I mean, like, he gets props at the end of this episode for not... You don't get a cookie for basic human exactly, decency. Exactly, yeah. Right, yeah, you, you don't get a pat on the head because you actually understood what consent meant. That should be yes. like the default setting, asshole. Yeah, and I feel like Xander, thanks for not raving me. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. You're a pip guy, <laughs> right? I will say though, like it's so problematic. But the minute the spell starts working, it gets so funny. They do it like so the and I, I, the whole time I kept thinking I would love to have seen the outtakes of this episode. Because I know what it's like to be cast opposite, like, your best friend, your closest, and just break up every time you go in for the sexy. <laughs> you know what I mean? These guys have been working together for, like, you know, a, a good year, two years now. And, like, all I could think about is, like, how many bloopers 
like when Buffy has to get sexy, you know, when Sarah has to get sexy with Nikki and and Rabia has to get sexy with, you know what I mean? And and Christine and all those like I, I just thought they probably laughed a lot. So that was probably this fun. is Nikki's favorite episode, and he of course did say, he did say that they all had trouble not laughing during the seduction scenes. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, and and Nikki is these comic timing is that's why that back half of this episode is awful as it is, and consent and all those issues. There's that you know 1930s slapstick comedy kind of aspect and nikki plays that energy incredibly well and there's a lot of chemistry i think between nikki and like every single and everybody yeah, it works really well except for the content which makes me want to like bash my yeah head the content is awful the performances right. are hilarious yeah, it's really really good like comedy. jenny jenny's little when giles drags jenny away and she's like mm-hmm. you know i just it's awful, but it's there's well some played. stuff that's very funny, but there's some stuff that I'm very uncomfortable with. Oh, and yeah. I, the Willow stuff, I'm a hundred percent uncomfortable with. I am one thing that makes me really angry about this episode is Giles gets angry at Xander, really? but yep. Giles is actually way too easy on Xander because what Xander did was fucking evil. It was evil and it was dangerous, and if anybody would know, it would be Giles. I'm, and do you think maybe that's why he gave him sort of a pass? Like, okay, you know now, you know now. And do we think that like Ripper pulled this kind of shit in some way or another to get girls into bed? Well, well I, I do. Well, yeah. I mean, like the thing is, that's all headcanon, so like, like yeah. I'm not going to like you know hypothesize as I mean, because frankly, I think Ripper could probably get girls without fucking love spells. I'm sorry, have you seen him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but we, but you know, Ripper still might have gotten turned down and decided he was going to like go get some woman who turned him down via magic. But whatever, well, it's, it's always know. possible. But I mean, it's not just that. But I mean, it's Xander's done something evil, and it, there's a dangerous situation going on, and Xander and Giles is just like, oh, go away, and basically, he doesn't know what Xander's going to fucking do because Xander goes home and Willow's in his fucking bed, practically naked. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and you, I'm just thinking also there's a little bit of hypocrisy because, like, later on, Giles gets really hung up about Willow using magic, but when Xander does it, it's like, oh, yeah, you're a bad boy, and kind of like... Boys will be boys. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think, is this the only instance of love potions that we have? Well, there's the love spell in, what is it, is it uh, Love's Bitch or whatever, uh, Lover's Walk, whatever, there's, we're, I don't know. Oh, well, they never right? actually cast it, and I guess him yeah. does have... Above mm-hmm. That's actually kind of what I wanted to talk about. Is this spell, I mean, would you argue we're going to go into sort of theoretics here, but would the spell be similar to what is on the jacket in him? I mean, it's close. I mean, I feel like maybe the jacket was enchanted with a very similar type of spell because it seems like... I mean, bazooka. Yeah, all, all of the women <laughs> who, like, witness the jacket fall in love with whoever's wearing it. And then they go And then they go nuts, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Zan- uh, Giles points out that love spells are not about love. They're about obsession. Yes. Right. And, they're, it's and, 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 and it seems like that may be true just across the board. And so when you when we get to the jacket, and don't make me think about that now, because that is the episode I hate most in this entire series. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. uh, I well, I, I haven't watched it in a while. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. It's not solid. It, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, but but it's just 
yeah, I mean, Giles makes that point, and it's just like, just in, in magic, it seems like, yeah, love spells are not about love. Yeah. That's just not, it's, it's about obsession, and that's why they're, and that's why they're leaving aside the why they're terrible, but why they're dangerous. Yeah, I mean, unchecked, like, magically boosted obsession obviously never goes well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and that's and that's what we see here, and it's you know and it's yeah. I will admit one of my favorite parts of the episode was uh, uh, when Xander locks the door with the the card catalog, and of course it oh and he does it, does, it, the, he wrong does it the wrong way. way. <laughs> and the thing I noticed is that there's a fucking lock on the door. Oh, is Xander there? doesn't even bother locking the door. He just tries to barricade it. Uh, he barricades it wrong. Well, what I love about that is it actually is this like it's essential. That gag is actually stolen. Well, not stolen, I, and I have no idea if they've even seen this. But it's the same as a gag in uh, an early Buster Keaton short. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. Like that exact same gag. <laughs> I think many many people have used that yeah. gag. Yeah. Because it's a good yeah. gag. Yeah, yeah it's um, a good gag. Xander turning down Buffy. Uh, well, she's and she does look really hot. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna objectify Sarah right now. She has fabulous she does. legs. Yeah, <laughs> I was feeling I was feeling Buffy in that outfit. I'm not even normally like oh no Sarah. Lie. So I'm not really into Sarah at all that way. But let me tell you, she was really hot there. Yes, yeah. I, I, even yeah. I felt it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sarah, for objectifying you. You are a lovely human being. I, I, Man, you look. Good. I'm incredibly <laughs> amused right now because, like, you guys are like, I'm objectifying Sarah. She looks great, and I am like the last person to ever like do like fashion on this sh- on this podcast. But I'm like, my thing was like, oh, it's a really nice raincoat. <laughs> and, like, I mean, like, yeah, Sarah looks great, but it's like. That, that that's actually a very stylish, nice looking raincoat. Yeah. Uh, well, and, it, and, and it's like, and, and it's she satin, should wear that more often when she's wearing 90s. clothing yeah. under it. And but 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 I don't think we ever see it again, which is no, a shame. Yeah. <laughs> you know, David, you you we the, we objectify people more on this show than <laughs> yeah. we ever ever have. Like you're not like we're just like she Oz is David's guy like you know and, and you're like, oh I like that. Coat. I do. So I, I, you know Yeah, it's just like I know I'm supposed to be just like be doing like wow sex is Sarah's so sexy. It's like and she is, but it's like, oh that's a really nice coat. I <laughs> I think she plays that scene really well too. She does, yeah. She does. It's really as much as I hate this episode and everything about it. Just the fact that she like the way she comes on to him and stuff. It's just a really, really nice scene. I I feel that this is an episode that, ironically, like the the material is so awful, but like so much good work is put into the service of this episode. Because as we've been saying, like, all the performances are really good, and it's really well-directed. I particularly, like, the scene where Xander comes back to school, and it's the slow-mo with the, you know, the wah pedal on the music, and, and like, and... This oh, the, the, the Average White Band song? Yeah. Average White Band got the love. Yeah, and they and there, and he's walking down, and all the girl, and, like, and none of the extras, like, go all course acting and blow it <laughs> yeah the 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 slow-mo average white band shot is really it's it's quite it's 
quite funny, yeah. I mean, that that whole scene is just, because the way that, it's like, it's well cut, like, they start out, you start on Xander's shoes, and then you, like, cut back to, I forget if it's to him and then to the people watching him and, like, the cutting back. It That's a really well-directed scene. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, they did get some good extras, because, I mean, you could see, like, the hunger on the face of all of the girls, yeah. Yeah. and, like, the guys looked confused. Yeah. <laughs> of course, part of me, like, I know I don't, shouldn't be thinking about this kind of stuff, but it's like, would this is spell effect game? Like, how is Larry feeling Larry! right now? Where's Larry? <laughs> um, I, I have to admit, I did actually write that fanfic back in the day. <laughs> I know you did. You love, you love Xander and Larry. You do. I do love Xander and Larry. I know you love Xander and Larry, so I that does not surprise me that teenage you wrote and i mean we do get into that a little bit in him when you have willow like lusting after rj of course all of the issues with willow um but yeah like how do these how do these spells work um do these spells recognize trans people there's just yeah. so many questions. Well, if they're a woman, yeah. then yes. I have all kinds of problems with trying to figure out how these spells I mean, work. No, it's. I mean, also, no one was thinking about that. You might get a show yeah. now that would explain mm. that magic a little bit more. No. But at the time, like, besides Larry, there's no, and Willow yeah. later, there's not a lot of mm. thought about nuanced portrayals of queer people. Yeah, it's like I I wrote an essay on um, a Star Trek: The Next Generation episode with pheromones, where everybody was attracted to this one character because pherom- alien pheromones. And I actually raised that in my my essay too, because it's like you know you only see heterosexual you know men reacting to her as compared to anybody else. It's like yeah, nobody ever thinks about that, and it's frustrating because how how do these things work, and why can't we find out more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, the mechanics are always troublesome. I mean, my yeah. my my note was. Uh, the necklace. Xander took it back from Cordy. He ungifted it to, to her. Does that mean it's still something of hers? Mm. Good question. I mean, like, if you really True. get into the mechanics of the magic, you're just like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I have no idea anymore. Yeah, but that's, that's the mechanics of the magic in yeah, every no, of course. episode. It's shooty IB <laughs> Right, magic. no, no, exactly. And Trademark I'm, I'm glad Andy. you came up with that term because we needed a term. Yeah. We do have Xander turning down Buffy, and this is what Xander gets his cookie for at the end of the episode. But if you actually listen to what Xander is saying, turning down Buffy, it has nothing to do with protecting Buffy. It has everything to do with, this doesn't mean anything to you, but it would mean something to me, and I need to protect it. Basically, (laughs) basically Xander's just trying to protect himself. And it's total bullshit. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah, well, Xander is like one of the most selfish assholes on this show. I mean, let's just face it. He is totally like me, me, me. It's all about what I want and what I need. And But the writers, the writers think he's adorably funny. Right. Like the writers don't understand how bad they're making this man. And the fact that a woman wrote this makes me even angrier because, I mean, if it's like Joss wrote it or some random guy wrote it, you might say, okay, they just don't get it. But a woman wrote this. She should have gotten some of Mm. it. Joss, Joss writes Xander better than that sometimes, so... I actually feel that Joss did a lot of writing on this that was uncredited. 
I'm yeah. pretty sure. Too. I mean, honestly, the only cookie I've give I give Xander once the spell goes into into play is that he's actually quite protective of Cordy. Yeah, when he rescues I mean, Cordelia, he, that's... he jumps into a mass of women who he knows are like violent and like picks Cordy up and drags her out of that. Yes. And he put he he puts himself at risk to protect Cordy. But that's almost he, like the payoff of point. see he really is a good guy because he really no. is a good guy. He gets rewarded right. with well, Cordy. Uh, well, yeah, that's yeah, but that's... but I mean, but those actions are actually admirable. Uh, before we get to that scene, we do have what is probably the best scene of this episode, and that is Oz punching Xander. Squeeze! Oh my god, it's great! <laughs> yeah. And the greatest thing about it is his motivation. It's not because the woman he loves um, is, like, freaking out over her best friend. It's because he upset her. Yeah. And I find that so incredibly yeah. endearing. Yep. Um, and he, he looks really so is. confused. Yeah, he's not like, stay away from my woman. Oz doesn't even know entirely what happened. No. no. He just knows that Willow is incredibly upset that she, like, threw herself at Xander and got shut down. And he's just like, this is nonsense. Yes, I also I think it's really it. sweet that even though Willow is under a love spell, she feels she can still talk to Oz. <laughs> talk to Oz. Because he's like, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and Oz once he punches Xander looks confused because <laughs> yeah. he's never punched anyone before and he doesn't understand what this is like. <laughs> and then he ha- he helps is... Xander up. Yeah, yeah. right. He's like, hmm, that kind of hurt. <laughs> like that's all he's like. Which is which is so yeah. Oz. That's an experience. <laughs> it is. He's. Perfect. I am not surprised that Willow is the first person to try and kill Xander. <laughs> Yeah, this nope. is like an early clue oh, yeah. to the new and, direction I mean, of Willow, you know? Well, and Buffy makes such a relevant point at the end with Xander. She's like, she actually loves you. The other people were just obsessed mm-hmm. with you because of a spell. Like, how much worse is that for Willow? It's because she really, you know, she's with Oz now and they've come to terms with their friendship. But like, she's loved him like, right. her whole life. While it's horrible that Buffy was turned into a rat, it's a really good thing that Buffy was turned into a rat. Because could you imagine if, like, obsessive Slayer? Slayer strength? Oh my god. Yeah. For sure. Uh, And we have Oz and Giles being the only productive scoops. They'd cast a spell on Angelus. Well, on Buffy. With Angelus. She'd have knocked him out a long time before. Sorry. Weaponized love spells, not a good thing. Not a good <laughs> Why not? Why aren't weaponized love spells a good thing? <laughs> but speaking of the uh the, the whole you know, slayer strength thing, it's like she whacks Amy. She does. And that was... sound effect sounds like she smashes Amy's face in. <laughs> I yeah. am really surprised Amy just has a slightly bloody nose. Well <laughs> later on. Xander's thrown off the roof of Buffy's house. I mean, granted, it's mm-hmm. only the first story, but still. Right. He, he should be pretty badly hurt. We do sort of see what it would be like if Buffy were not a rat with Drusilla, as far as she's That is true. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. And you know what? I still... my A lot of my friends have watched Buffy over the years. They're not as obsessed with it as I am or <clears> with my <throat> co-hosts. But 
your face is like a poem. I can read it. It's like my favorite thing to do to friends is touch, consensually touch their faces. I kind of want to look up to see if anybody wrote an AU fanfic where Drusilla did turn Xander into a vampire. Oh, I'm and sure. Ha- I'm and sure. And having that, that, like, break the spell because then Xander dies, but have Drusilla still be in love with him. So I kind of, <laughs> so I kind of want to read Drusilla and Drusilla's just, like, love spell obsessed. And meanwhile, Angelus and Spike are like, what the fuck is going on? And Spike are like, what the fuck? Now Xander's a vampire? <laughs> Cause Xander's a mean ass yeah. fucking vampire. So if I can't if I can't find it, I might have to write it. Speaking of alternate universe vampires, when uh, when Willow is in turns up in Xander's bed and tries coming on to him, there's a point where he's like, "I don't want to use force," and she goes, "Force would be okay." And I'm like, "Is yeah. this is this our first oh, sign yeah, of yeah. Doppel Willow?" <laughs> I'm just a kinky bitch. It's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's kinky, regardless of whether she's a vampire or not. I'm pretty sure we'll. Well, yeah, but 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 she, but like this is like the first time she does. Like she's she's kinky, but she doesn't normally express that. Because even when she sees Doppel Willow uh, in. The, the, the wish and no, Doppelgangerland. In Doppelgangerland, because actually Willow sees Doppel Willow, and she's like, oh, she's such a skank. And like so, like by and Willow's usual standards, this is not normal. Yeah, well, they also I, th- I think that's the what the episode where Willow makes the joke about me and Oz play Mistress of Pain every night. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you yeah. totally do. They have the chains oh, already. Yeah, the chains. Uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. That was another. Fan oh, that was many. A billion of them. Was many of my fanfics. So I think we're getting close. Yeah. We are, we are, I think we've got a crowd full of girls chasing after Zan, Xander into the basement and Cordelia finds out the love spell was supposed to be on her and geez, it's a good thing that Cordelia didn't find out the actual motivation behind the spell. Oh yeah. Right, yeah, because oh, right? I mean, if I were Cordy and I found out, I would kill him. I mean, I would just be yeah. like, "Okay, Willow, have Adam," because you know what? I'm done. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, like Cordelia is taking it from a very romantic perspective. She's not like actually thinking it through. Like, I mean, granted, right. we know that it's not romantic. Like that love spells are like not good. But Cordelia is yeah. like, "Oh, this is so sweet." But Xander wanted revenge on her. No. Yeah. 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 It's not I sweet know. at all. Yeah. No. I also think this is the first time we've seen Buffy's house get ravaged. Yeah, I no, yeah, I. Well, no, Bug Guy didn't destroy things. Ravage is just yeah. They ended up they ended up in the basement. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's like like, yeah. Cordy and Xander just wind up in Buffy's basement. Nick and Nora dialogue. Yeah, Uh, you know. It's uh, yeah. yeah. I I Um, have to say, yeah, it is, and it is like yeah. It's good that Cordy doesn't know why Xander actually did this. Yeah. Well, maybe it's not good, but it's probably, well, it's good for the story, I yeah. suppose, because otherwise we wind up in a weird place. But, um, just narratively, but but I the, the, the thing I do like about how this resolves is that Cordy just stands up to Harmony and everybody yeah. and says, fuck you. I am, right. I am, I am, I'm cooler than all of you, and I am doing what I want. Which I think is 
I mean, good for Cordy's arc because she's always been part of the crowd, even though she was the leader of the crowd. Yeah, it's a it's development on her part for sure. Yeah, well, this is no. why I'm saying that Cordelia, even though she's not in this a lot, she's the real hero of this episode because she's the one who gets a character arc. She started the episode mm-hmm. in one place mm-hmm. and she finishes the episode in another place and has, you know, grown mm-hmm. as a person. Meanwhile, Xander, what? Like, nothing has changed. Has so shrunk as a person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he, he learns there's no consequences for his actions because his friends are just going to give him cookies for not raping them. Going to give him, he's going to yeah. get a pass, right? Willow's going to have the same. So can we talk about Oz's hunt for Buffy the rat for just- Oh, that is wonderful. That is- <laughs> It is so free. And even though they have this tiny short scene, I always wish that Sarah and Seth had more scenes together. Because they have such a, I mean, they know, they knew each other for years. Like, it's so, like, I follow Sarah on Instagram, and she often has these really cute posts of her and Seth just, like, mm-hmm. having dinner with their spouses, and it's just really cute. And um, River wanted me to make sure that this got mentioned. Okay. My cat. So when the black cat screeched, <laughs> she hackled up, <laughs> and her tail went bushy and she ran out of the room so she just wanted you to know that she it was very scary but the only black cat that is relevant to any discussion of buffy is her (laughs) well yeah she wanted you guys she made sure i wrote (laughs) but our little podcast cat river okay so does anybody have any last thoughts on this episode yes Um, xander does not learn his lesson about fucking around with magic, as no. we will learn in Once More with Feeling. Oh, it's true, and it just shits on everybody but him. He gets out of that uh, I know. Too. I mean, Willow, Willow, same thing. And Xander and Willow, best friends yeah. their yeah. whole life, right? There's got to be a certain amount of like attracts like influence, because Willow's consequences for mm-hmm. magic, same thing. Well, she did lose the love. But you know, we'll just put them in. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to talk right. about the little piece of score when when um, Xander and Cordy are walking away, sort of triumphantly. Yes, know, I really like that little piece of music. It's Very really nice. lovely. Yeah, mm. I really like the costume design there too because they're yeah. Very I noticed that. I was like, oh my god, they're dressed the same. Their outfits are very complimentary, and they haven't. Their outfits haven't been as complimentary through the rest of the episode, and it was just—it's yeah. just a nice little piece of gay go costume designer mm. for doing that. But yeah, this is a super problematic episode with a lot of really great comedy performances. Yeah, and, and I do love Cordelia in this. I mean, despite the problems with it, I just think at the end, I'm just like so proud of her saying, "You know what? Fuck you! I'll, you're the sheep. I'll go do what I want, and I'll date who I want, and even if he's a loser." And I mean, it's so corny, but it's beautiful. You know, it. it she's the only like redeeming factor out of all of this, except you know, except for the comedy bits and the the chemistry bits between the actors themselves. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, last uh, mm-hmm. bits of trivia uh, for music. Uh, we have Pain, uh, played by Four Star Mary, a.k.a. Dingo's Ain't My Baby, Drift Away by Naked from when Cordelia and Xander break up, and Got the Love by the Average White Band from when Xander was walking down the hall. Got the love, got the love. <laughs> so I think that brings us to the end of this episode. Very problematic, uh, but still funny. Um probably not a lot of people's favorite and next week Mm. we have something that is probably the exact opposite of that something that is very good 
uh, not funny and a lot of people's favorite, we'll be reviewing Passion. Do you think that very problematic but funny is tattooed across Joss's ass? <laughs> I don't want to think about Joss's ass. <laughs> no, me neither. Fine. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I never want to think, never mention Joss's ass. <laughs> and on that note, turn <laughs> Sweet dreams, everybody. Gerarg. 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 I'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast, and an extra special thanks to everyone who shared, liked, and subscribed on social media. If you'd like your questions or comments read on the show, you can contact us on our website, returntothehellmouth.com, on YouTube at Return to the Hellmouth, on Tumblr and Facebook at Return to the Hellmouth, on Twitter at HellmouthReturn, or on email at returntothehellmouth at gmail.com. We'll be sure to read your comments on the show. Be sure to rate our show at iTunes and Stitcher, and check out our show merchandise on TeePublic and Redbubble. See you on Tuesday for Passion. Grr. Arg.